Everybody, it is the start of a brand new year, and I got a whole bunch of tasty episodes coming your way. So, this is um, an experimental episode. I'm going to start doing some more experiments on this podcast, where maybe I just come up with some sort of segment idea and uh, try it out and see if it sticks or not. So, this is the very first episode of the Monthly Market Watch, where I'm going to just babble on about some random market stuff and just see how it turns out. So, let's start off uh, with one of the things that were on my mind. Tesla. I own some Tesla stock, full disclosure, but uh, admittedly, I am not your typical Tesla fanboy. If you listen to the show, you know that I'm an Elon fanboy, but not so much a Tesla fanboy, although I do believe in the business and like its products. Um, If you didn't see the Cybertruck, which if you're listening to this podcast, in all likelihood you have, the Cybertruck is pretty dope, and I'm for sure getting one. I don't know, the design was like... Man, I saw that thing come through, and it's like a, almost like a DeLorean mixed with a Ford Raptor. It was, I don't know, I thought it was pretty badass. And then you see the camping renderings where somebody's just off the grid with a tent and stuff. Oh, I don't know. Made me wet. Anyway, um, I'm definitely buying a Cybertruck. Uh, a lot of haters on the Cybertruck, but you know what? I don't care. I think it's dope. Uh, it was hilarious, though, to watch Elon throw a metal ball through the window, or I guess his homie did it, technically. Um, that was embarrassing. <laughs> it was like, hey, yeah, yeah, here's this thing. Oh, it's pulling a truck and all this stuff. And it's so tough. It can even take a tiny, tiny metal marble. And then they, one, two, uh, try it, try it again. Man, that was an epic failure. Um, but the truck is cool, so I'm probably going to buy one. Um, the stock's been doing well recently. If you haven't seen the stock price of Tesla, you know, somewhere mid 2019, I want to say the stock price dipped down into the, like the buck 50 range. And I think I had bought some Tesla stock at maybe 200 ish, something like that. And so, you know, it dove down and, you know, you look at the, P.E. ratio. You see a lot of the metrics on Tesla. Uh, There's a lot of reasons to be bearish, uh, but I don't really buy most of them. The stock price now is at an all-time high, which may mean you should sell or hold on to it and hope for higher days, but it's like 500 and some odd dollars per share right now. Uh, Pretty wild, um, especially in this market, but that is something to keep in mind, right? I mean, this, this bull market isn't going to stick around forever. Uh, How long? Nobody really knows. Which actually brings me to my second topic, which is the recession woes. I feel like last year, there was all this anxiety about a recession and all this stuff, and it didn't happen. Um, and, And there's a lot of reasons to be thinking about a recession, right? I mean, it's going to come eventually. And by all indicators, we're overdue historically for one. I recently got a hold of a Goldman Sachs report uh, that they send out to all their private wealth people, um, and it had a bunch of really interesting things in there, and I wanted to share a couple of these. One is um, they sort of pin the chances of a recession at somewhere about 20 to 25 percent in the in this year in 2020. Um, they don't forecast out beyond that, but um, you know they say the likelihood of a recession is somewhere around 20 to 25 percent, which is not that bad. Doesn't seem that high to me. 
Of course, uh, I'd prefer it to be zero like everybody else, but it's never zero, is it? Nothing's ever really zero percent. Well, maybe some things. But anyway, uh, 20, 25 percent in 2020, which sounds pretty legit. Um, you know, uh, they, they hinted that a recession may come mid 2021, but, uh, I would defer until like Q3, Q4 to see sort of a re-forecast of what they think is happening recession wise. Um, it was really interesting. You also heard Ray Dalio come out and, uh, have this epic quote as he does. So he was, um, one of the founders of Bridgewater Associates, which is a $150 billion plus private equity company. He wrote a book called Principle by Ray Dalio for Life and Business or something of that nature. I've read it. It's a super long book. Uh, You can get it on Audible. Um, I'll actually link to it in the description. It's a great book, actually, but it is a hefty one. So if you're into uh, just reading a ton and ton, a ton of good stuff, then you can get that book. But what he said was, cash is trash in the 2020 market. Basically meaning that he doesn't think a recession is going to happen in 2020. And if you got cash, you should invest it, especially because the way that the Fed has been cutting the interest rates, um, you're not going to get that much return in your savings account. So, uh, you know, maybe in a high interest savings account, you're getting a little over 2%. Um, 12 months ago, and now you're getting 1.7. It's probably going to go even lower than that this year. So uh, cash is trash, according to Ray Dalio. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Some other things within Goldman, and of course, when I'm talking about the risk of 20 to 25% of a recession in in the Goldman report, that's actually the US and the Eurozone. But they also go on to say that it's even lower in emerging markets, which I thought was interesting. Um, They also called out three triggers that they've identified as being it's kind of a you know really firm indication that a recession is coming. Uh, one of those indicators is uh, really aggressive tightening of monetary policy by the Fed. Nine of the last eleven recessions uh, post World War II had this happen, so that's not happening in 2020, according to Goldman Sachs. The second thing is the economic and financial market imbalance. So you know they typically see a real estate imbalance, some higher than should be, some inflated valuations of the real estate market, and that's happened with three different recessions, uh, right before three different recessions since 1990. So I also found that somewhat interesting. Uh, And I do, I don't know, you know, I live in LA and the real estate here is insane. If you don't live here, I'll give you an idea. Just go on to Zillow.com and peep out what you can get for a million bucks just to make it easy, right? Put your put your price filter to a million bucks and then go to West Los Angeles or downtown Los Angeles and see what you get. You get like a two bedroom, one bath home built in 1947 with barely a backyard, barely no front yard, maybe a parking spot. And that's about it, which is insane. Meanwhile, go to South Dakota or Texas or any of those markets and put in a million bucks and you get the biggest mansion you could buy. It's like a swimming pool and all this other epic shit. Ice plunge. I want an ice plunge. Soak in the 30 degree weather. Suffer a little bit. Anyway, yeah, so is the real estate market a little bit imbalanced in some markets? But overall, according to Goldman, it is not. And the third trigger to an economic recession, according to them, is domestic, significant domestic and non-domestic exogenous shocks to the market. So a couple examples they called out was the Iran and Iraq war in 1980 and also the Arab oil embargo in 1973. Yeah, are any of those things coming? Uh, well, those are 
pretty much impossible to forecast, right? I mean, you're talking about major random shakes and wars and a bunch of other stuff that is basically entirely out of your control, so you probably shouldn't worry about it, unless you're a military general or something of that sort. So yeah, they they also pinned a couple of other interesting things about the year 2020 and, and the market. They said that in 2020, the probability of getting a gain in the stock market is about 87% on U.S. equities, meaning that if you invest in the U.S. stock market, you buy an S&P 500 index fund, and your probability of a gain is about 87%. So that's all in all, pretty decent. Also, they go on to say that the probability in 2020 of having a decline in your investment of 10% or more is only 4%. So pretty much what they're saying is invest as usual. Don't get crazy. Don't liquidate all of your assets for cash yet, but be mindful. Um, Invest accordingly and ride the wave that you're on. And that's also kind of what I've been doing. So, you know, for a while in in 2019, I'm like, oh man, should I sell some stuff and put it in cash or what should I do? And, you know, did a little bit of that. You always want to hedge your bets. You don't want to lose everything. But at the same time, the market's been riding, uh, you know, historic highs. And so you definitely want to capture your gains while you can. And according to Ray Dalio, cash is trash in the 2020 market. So the way that I do it is through a tool called Wealthfront. I also buy into individual stocks, like I said, off off the jump with Tesla and stuff. But Wealthfront, essentially what it is, it's like a robo-investing advisor. So typically, really high net worth individuals will go to somebody, you know, a hedge fund manager, for instance, and say, hey, I have this these millions of dollars in cash. Can you invest them at this risk level and get me some returns? And Wealthfront is essentially a platform that does that for you automatically. Uh, it's a robo-investing tool. And so it'll go out and, and you can set your risk profile between 1 and 10. Mine's My risk is set relatively low at this point, um, just because, again, you know, after 2020, who knows what's going to happen? And they'll go on and invest it in municipal bonds and ETFs and stocks, both in the US. And, and internationally, depending on your risk, so they buy and sell um, the stocks on your behalf. You don't touch it. And it also does tax loss harvesting. So you're also not paying a ton of taxes every time they make a trade and all that. There's actually a link in the show notes if you want to get a Wealthfront account. I would suggest doing it. It's way better than just putting your cash under your mattress or putting your cash, uh, I don't know, into an Xbox or something like that. Or even a savings account, which they also offer high yield savings accounts. And I have one of them. It's I think it's paying 1.7% right now, something like that. Again, it's been affected by the Fed and they're cutting of rates, of interest rates. And so um, you'll experience that with no matter what bank you go with. But I would suggest Wealthfront, go check it out. Link in the show notes and get started uh, putting your money somewhere. You know, I wish I had, well, I wish Wealthfront existed back when I was 18, but I never had any cash to save when I was young and poor and all of that. And so, you know, the great thing is you invest it uh, early on and you get sort of that compounding investment effect where essentially each percentage that you make is then compounded and compounded and compounded and you make money a lot faster the earlier you put money into an account like that. So that's what I've been doing uh, mostly in response to all this 2020 market stuff. The Goldman Report was interesting to read. Uh, It was, I don't even know, like 98 pages of all these insane, very elaborate, uh, intricate graphs and things. And so I'm not going to go over the entire report, but that's just sort of my 10 minute take on the whole situation. A couple other things. Proper 12 whiskey, mate. 
Proper 12. So I want to talk a little bit about the whiskey business, and uh, the only reason I give a shit about it is because it relates to fighting, of course. But Conor McGregor, he is a UFC fighter, two-division champion, simultaneous two-division champion, that is. Badass motherfucker, one of the greatest fighters of all time, and certainly in our generation of fighters, and he's also one of the most monetarily successful fighters and, and business savvy fighters that has ever entered into the sport of mixed martial arts. And so he released a whiskey called Propa 12. Definitely not a very good Irish accent. I'm working on my Irish accent. But the Irish 12, the Irish 12, Jesus Christ, the proper 12 whiskey uh, has been doing really well. So I think it's been in the market for about 12 months now, and it's already the number two best selling whiskey in the US, which is in Saint. So this dude grew up poor in Ireland, and then he just started punching people in the mouth, knocking them out, gets to the UFC, ching, 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 makes a bunch of dough, and then takes it to the bank and starts making whiskey, and now it's the number two most successful brand of whiskey in the United States, just behind Jameson. According to a couple of different analyst reports that I was reading, at least, they think the proper 12 is going to overtake Jameson in that battle, which is somewhat interesting. I'm not a whiskey connoisseur by any means. I like Jameson. I like proper 12. I like it all. It tastes like poison, generally, all of them. Um, so, you know, I don't really have a dog in that fight, but I do like Connor, so I'll be rooting for Proper 12. It is a super interesting space and historically a very difficult one to enter, actually. You know, alcohol is... It's unlike food because it all tastes kind of the same, right? I mean, and also you're not drinking it for taste. I mean, people will claim they're drinking it for taste, right? But let's be real. You're trying to get fucked up. You know why you're drinking alcohol. You know why you're doing it. You're doing it to get a little buzz before you go to dinner or you, whatever you're doing. I don't know. I don't really drink that much, but um, yeah, it's, it's to get fucked up. And so it has been very tricky to, to stand out. A lot of it's based on branding. A lot of it's based on celebrity. A lot of it's based on packaging, especially if you don't have the other two things I just mentioned. And fortunately for Proper 12, they have the notorious Kona McGregor to be a marketing machina. So... Uh, shout out to Proper 12, doing a fantastic job. Super excited to see what happens with that brand long term, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years when Connor's no longer fighting. I'm, I'm super curious just to see the whole thing play out. So, so that's been a, a very cool thing to see uh, throughout 2019 into 2020. What else? Oh, well, one thing that uh, Connor did do is he just fought last weekend and knocked out Cowboy Cerrone, who I also love in 40 seconds in the very first round with a head kick and ground and pound. What was interesting about that fight, not only was it Connor's return after a while and yada yada anyone in spectacular fashion, but also that he had proper 12 on the octagon floor. Uh, he actually he actually sponsored the UFC event with proper 12 whiskey in the fight that he was fighting, um, which was pretty awesome, actually. And I don't know if that's ever been done. Um, if any active fighter has sponsored a UFC event, been a title sponsor of a UFC event. I don't know if, that, if that's ever happened, but that was pretty impressive. I thought it was very cool, at least. What else about the market stuff? That's pretty much all I got. Uh, in the show notes, I'm going to leave a couple of more tools that, that I use to invest in stuff to take a look at, sign up. Uh, all those things are free, of course. They're just the ones that I happen to use to grow the cash that I got. So uh, check those things out. 
always be wary of the recession. I'll probably do another like mid-year recession update or something like that as soon as I get another fat white paper from one of these big banks to share with you what they think about the market. And I think that's it. So I hope you're having a great 2020. I sure am. It's only, what, 21, 22, 23 days in a new year. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to your family and everybody else that you love. And with all the love that I have in my heart, I want to thank you so much for listening to the show. If you haven't done so already, please don't forget to, to subscribe to it. That is the way that I know that people actually listen to this thing. And if you really do like it, you can leave it a five-star review and rating. And you can hit me up at Ingersoll N-I-K on all the social medias you can ask me a question you can uh, tell me to go fuck myself you can say great job you can send me uh, memes I don't care what you want to do but anyway that's how you get in contact with me and until next time I will chat at y'all then peace